Right, good morning, everyone. Since uh, the Eilam is holding in Inyane Tefillah, in Misefka's Brachis, and the Mishnah, of course, tells us one of the things, one of the exclusive for which Chalisa was redeemed from Mitzrayim, was in the exclusive of Shalashinos Lashaynam. So I thought uh, maybe we would discuss a topic that actually came up about a week ago in the Dafyaymi, and that's the Mishnah Misefka's Brachis, that Karavala Diktik Boisi Yaseh, if a person learns Kriyashma, and he's not careful in the way that he does so. He's not. Uh, he doesn't pronounce the letters carefully. So Rabbi Yossi Amar Yotza, Rabbi Huda Amar Lo Yotza. The opinion of Rabbi Yossi is he's fulfilled Kriyashma. Rabbi Huda holds he's not fulfilled Kriyashma if he hasn't pronounced it absolutely perfectly. Now this doesn't mean that a person swallows uh, syllables or he misses uh, half of a word. That's not kara. So if a person <laughs> if he didn't say it. So then that's not kara. But if he uh, blends the words together, or he's not uh, careful, the Zumar will explain to differentiate between uh, every syllable to pronounce it properly. So that's what we're discussing. He was kara, but he, not that he missed words. He was kara, but it was that's And the Gemara tells us on Tezvavim Abayz that we pass like Rabbi that a person is Yaisi, that if a person was kara, he still fulfilled Kriyashma. So in that context, the Gemara comments in the Pasuk in Kriyashma, Umadatem, that Limud Chatam, that it should be as a conjunction, a, a contraction of two words, that your learning should be Tam, it should be whole. Sheyitain Revach Beinad Velkim, that you should uh, differentiate between the words properly. So therefore, sometimes you have two adjacent words that share uh, the last and the first syllable, uh, you know, consonant. So you have to be careful to distinguish between them. Kagoin says the Gemara, Al Livavecha, you have to pause in between, Al Levavchem, Bechol Levavecha, Bechol Levavchem. When a person is learning Kriyashma, he has to be careful uh, to distinguish between them. Taisa says over here that, uh, that that's why it's uh, proper when a person is saying Tizkaru in Kriyashma to make sure to emphasize the Zion, so it shouldn't sound like Tizkaru. Because if it's Tizkaru, it sounds like I'm going to receive reward for saying uh, Kriyashma, for learning Torah. We're not, of course, we serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, not having a mind to receive the reward just because the Kaddish Baruch Hu commanded us to do it. We're a faithful servant, so therefore you should be careful to say Tizkaru, not just uh, Tizkaru. So it sounds like uh, from this Gemara that there's a proper way of pronouncing uh, Lashon HaKadosh, and that is the way a person is supposed to lay in Kriyashma, making sure to differentiate between the two. The Gemara really is talking over here about blending or blurring uh, words together. However, the Rambam takes it a little bit further. It's found in the other Rishayim too. But the Rambam over here, Ois Beis, puts this together with Karbalo Diktik Be'oisiyosei. The Rambam says you also have to be careful to, uh, to make sure to emphasize the right part of the word. You know, to emphasize the right syllable, as they say. Make sure to emphasize the right part of the word and also to make sure if a letter is supposed to be dogesh, a letter is supposed to not have a dogesh, to make sure that you pronounce it properly. It says the Ramam Kesididakta you shouldn't make a dogesh where there's no dogesh, no, or, you know, or, or the reverse, or to get the emphasis wrong. So therefore the Ram says a person has to be careful to learn properly. What's interesting is the Ramam puts together with this halacha the idea that you're supposed to emphasize the dawid at the end of echad. In Kriyashma. Now, the reason why we emphasize the Dawid is because you're supposed to have an extra kavana, not just for the meaning of the word that a Kaddish Baruch was echa, but that but the Ramam says over here at the end of his base, Kadeshi Amli Huhu Bashamaim Baruchos. Because the Dawid is for, and you're supposed to have in mind that Kaddish Baruch rules over the heavens and the earth, and uh, for all our Baruchos. That's what you have in mind at the letter Dawid. So it takes an extra millisecond, an extra second to have in mind that extra kavana, so that's why you have to emphasize the Dawid. So what's interesting is the Rambam, even though it's really for the purpose of Kavana, the Rambam puts it together over here with this Tzarech Adaktik Beresi Yosel. You have to be careful in the way that you lay in Kriyashma. So why does it mention it uh, in this context? So Briskarov says that even though the reason was for one of Kavana, was not because this is a proper pronunciation of the letter Dawid. No one thought this was the way a Dawid is always supposed to be pronounced. But since there is a reason to have Kavana here, 
the add uh, emphasis to the letter Dalit. So once you're supposed to do it that way, now it's Tarek Hadachli Yosef. A person doesn't do it that way. Uh, so then uh, that's not the proper way to lay in Kriyashma. Because of this extra Kavanah you're supposed to have in mind. So, but either way, you see from the uh, Rambam, you see from the Gemara Brochus, that the person is supposed to be careful in the way that he lays Kriyashma to make sure that it's done properly. The right letters are emphasized, they're pronounced properly, and the distinguished one word from the other shouldn't be blurred uh, together. Let's say you didn't do this. You're supposed to do it. And therefore, the Gemara says, if a person doesn't read properly, even though he could be Yoytze, he should not be appointed as a Shliach Tzibor. So Gemara says over here, Those from the town of Haifa, uh, or, uh, or uh, I think Bashan, should not be Yoytze Kapov, and they shouldn't daven for an Amud, because the people, the Anche Haifani, uh, the Anche Bashani, from Bashan and from Haifa, were, were not able to distinguish they can't distinguish between the Aleph and the Ayin so therefore since they don't read Hebrew properly they shouldn't be appointed to Dom for the Yomad the Gemara continues on the third line quote to the name of that uh, Reb Chia, interestingly was not able to distinguish between the He and the, and the Ches we have this in our time too sometimes you can't distinguish between the He and the Ches so instead of saying it will say I hit HaKadosh Baruch Hu so that's Mechar from Megadif it's a terrible thing so therefore, the, uh, the Gemara says, since a person doesn't pronounce it properly, he shouldn't be davening for an omelet. So what it sounds like from here is, there's a proper way, there is a correct way, um, and uh, if a person should, that way, if he didn't, but we shouldn't have to appoint him uh, to daven for the omelet as a shliach. If he doesn't pronounce Hebrew properly, those who are not machalic between the alphan and the ainin, they switch the hay and the ches, or any other, uh, you know, um, 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 you know, butchering of the language. Such a person, but the evidence say if you pronounced every every word, you didn't skip over words. But uh, like, if you don't pronounce it properly, you shouldn't be davening for an amud. And it sounds like there is one correct way. But this uh, is not. It's not talking about Krishna. It's talking about correct. Shouldn't be davening for an amud at all. It's talking about Krishna. I don't think anyone would say, well, when it's not Kriyashma, you don't have to be careful. I think Kriyashma is where it's most. Uh, there are those who would say, you're not even Yodse if you didn't do it that way. But I think we would extrapolate from there that all of Tefillah should be pronounced properly. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be like all of a sudden, you know, Kriyashma, maybe there's one day you're not even Yodse. And Kriyashma, of course, is a day raisa. And the rest of Tefillah is only the Rabbanan. But I think right, we would probably uh, you know, advocate for davening, for davening correctly. We don't separate words in Tefillah. I think we should try. You know, I don't know if we have to be as careful, but I don't think anyone would say it's blurring is all fine. You know, isn't there a reason somewhere that people will laugh at the person? Yeah, that's the reason why you're not allowed to, uh, to be nice as cop of. If you have anything that's unusual, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna uh, distract people, or they might start laughing at you. That's why I have any mum is uh, is uh, distracting. That's, that's so a reason. That's not because of language problem. Correct. Well, well, here, but when it comes to Kavod Atzibur, that's the Shliach Atzibur is clearly because of Kavod Atzibur issue, and that's why you shouldn't be diving for the for the Amun. So another interesting point. So again, two points. It sounds like from here, number one, there's a correct way and a wrong way, and B'diavid Yoytzei, but you're supposed to read it correctly, and a person should only dive for an Amun if he davens correctly. Another interesting point that you see from the Gemara Masechet Megillah is that there is a difference between the Aleph and the Ayin. Right, which means every letter is supposed to have a distinct sound, which makes sense. It doesn't make sense to say that there's letters in the alphabet that have the exact same sound as another letter. Presumably, they all have different <laughs> sounds, and that's why they are different letters. So, so that is supported, not only by the Gemara Megillah, but of course by a famous comment of the Zohar Kodesh from Parashas Pinchas, that there are five places from which the letters are formed in the mouth. 
Um, uh, there's the, the lips, the teeth, the tongue, the palate, and the throat, and each one of the letters, uh, the Zayar Kaddish tells us where it's supposed to be formed. It doesn't really correspond to the way we pronounce all the letters, but that each one of the letters is supposed to be pronounced from a different part of the mouth, and each one, it sounds like from here, is really supposed to have a different sound. We've uh, suggested that in the past that perhaps, uh, it's, the re- since there are five places in the mouth where all of the sounds of the alphabet emanate from, that's perhaps why there are chamisha chum because uh, the the uh, the says in Sefer Mishlei, how is a person mechaper for speaking lashon hara? So marpa lashon eschayim. The pasuk says in Mishlei, that what heals the mouth is speaking Torah. Heals the mouth from lashon hara because you rehabilitated your speech. You used to use for lashon hara, now you're using it for lingad Torah. So how many places are there that we have to rehabilitate? There's five places in the mouth where sounds are, are formed. So, so since there's five places in the mouth where sounds are foreign, perhaps that's why we have Hamisha Chum in order to address all of, obviously for other reasons also, but maybe one of the reasons is, in order to help us address all of the five parts of our mouth where we form sounds, and we, have, we need each one of the Hamisha Chum to help rehabilitate one of those sounds. Just since we're talking about the parishes of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, some suggest, the Blues of a Rebbe writes in the Sefer Tzvi Tzadik, that that's also why we have Hamisha, we have five Lushoynois uh, of Geula, because had we ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place, so why Mitzrayim? Of course, the Kaddish Baruch Hu told Avram Avinu the Brisbane Absarim will be a Geri Yezarech of Eretz Lohem. But why Mitzrayim? So the Bagalaturim says in, uh, I think, a Parshish uh, Vayera, that it's because uh, when Yitzhak was born, so Sarah kicked Hagar out of the house. Hagar was from Mitzrayim, and she was being <laughs> evicted from the house in Eretz Yisrael in a harsh fashion. So since Sarah spoke harshly to Hagar, so as a punishment to that, Mida Kenegamida, we were, uh, had to be slaves in Mitzrayim, in, uh, in her homeland. But more directly, of course, we ended up in Mitzrayim because of the Lashon Hara that took place between Yosef and his brothers. Speaking Lashon Hara, that's how we ended up in Mitzrayim. That's why, of course, the Ari HaKadosh says that Mitzrayim was ruled by Paroi. The Ari HaKadosh says Paroi is a combination of two words, Pera. We ended up in Mitzrayim because of a Pera. We used our mouths wrong. So therefore, in order to heal that, we rehabilitate that, we have Pesach. Which is the Ariya Kodesh says Pesach. We have to start using our speech positively. That's why I call Amar Belisapa, raise a Meshubach. We're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to, you know, emphasize our Koyach of speech on Pesach. So the Rebbe says that we have to rehabilitate our speech on Pesach. We need five Lushainos of Geula, five expressions of redemption, to heal all five places where the letters are formed. Okay, so anyway, what you see from the Zayar Kodesh also, that there's five places where the letters are formed, that each letter is supposed to have a distinct and unique sound. That's obviously the implication of the Gemara Megillah that was critical of the Anshe uh, Beishan, the Anshe Chaifa, who didn't distinguish between the Aleph and the Ayin, between the He uh, and the Ches. So if there is one correct pronunciation, and a person is supposed to utilize that in prayer, ideally, even though you're to be the evidence, certainly not supposed to down for the Yom, unless you pronounce things correctly, and it sounds like there's differences between the, the different letters, so that leads... Rabbi Yaakov Emden and his sitter in the Beis Yaakov and many uh, others after to conclude that the uh, Havaras Vardit, which uh, distinguishes, let's say, between uh, the, 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 um, the Tuf and the Samach, right? We call, you know, Saf and Samach really all sound the same. Or certainly in the Havara Temanit that distinguishes nowadays between the Aleph and the Ayin. This is already lost in the Havara Ashkenazis. So they presume that, uh, in fact, the Havaras Fardit perhaps was more accurate in this regard because they distinguished between more letters than we find uh, in our Havara and the Havara uh, of the Ashkenazim. So that's why in the um, Haskama, the Rabbi Yaakov wrote to a sefer called Safa Barura, a modern sefer, you know, contemporary, I mean. So he, uh, Rabbi Yaakov has over here in his Haskama 
that he believes he saw, the guy wrote a book all about the different Havaris, so he's so happy that he wrote such a book, because he says, of course, there is a correct way and a wrong way. I think they say in the name of Rabbi Yaakov that he used to, or not in the name of him, but this is what he was, his practice was, he used to lay in Kriyashma again. Uh, first, he, first time he did was Havara, uh, you know, his, his natural Havara, then afterwards he would do Havara Svardit. I think at the end of his life they say he even did in Havara Temani. But he says over here there is a proper way, and it's, he doesn't think it's Havara Ashkenazis. So then someone asked him, he says, someone asked me, well, well then the Kedusha Arim was never yet to Kriyashma? So he said, no, he was Yatsi for the Yavid. Yayatsi, Yayatsi for the Yavid. I think they were So if Yaakov says people are not going to accept this, but he thinks that in fact the Havara Ashkenazi is more correct. In the Sefer um, uh, um, uh, Nesha or something, that's really the Hanhagas of Ibn Adler. Kanfei uh, Nesha or something like that. So it says over there that Ibn Adler hired a Sephardi tutor, a coach, for two years. I don't know, it took two years, but he says for two years, Chaim uh, Medini, I think, who was a well known Sephardi Godo. To teach him how to pronounce things in uh, Havaras Vardi. Nasan <coughs> Adler also was careful. To, he thought Havaras Vardi was more accurate, more correct, and therefore uh, he pronounced things uh, in, that, uh, in that way. In the Chubas of the base Ridvaz, not to be confused with the Rishan, uh, the Radvaz, the base Ridvaz, the Ridvaz was um, uh, a Gadol in Svas in the late 1800s. Uh, Walensky. So in his Shuvas, he suggests maybe Havarashkenazis got distorted uh, over time because we were experienced more persecution, more, uh, more evictions than Svarsha community, and because of that, we kept having to find ourselves in different lands, and that's why our pronunciation got corrupted over time. So it's not surprising, therefore, the Rebbe Vadya, who was always banging the drum of the Svartim, you know, so Rebbe Vadya writes, if a person got, uh, would grew up with his Messiah was, you know, to speak uh, in the Havar of the Ashkenazim, but then he went to a school where they educated him because the Hebrew instructors all come from Eretz Israel, where they have a more, something that's more in line with Havar Asfardi. I don't think it's exactly Havar Asfardi, but it's a, a little bit closer to Havar Asfardi, and that became more popular in the schools, and they got a different uh, education. So Rabbi says, you don't have to switch back. Anyway, this is what's more correct. Anyway, they bring a raya from the Gemara Brachas. It's an interesting raya. Look back at the Gemara Brachas. The Gemara Brachas said you have to distinguish between two words that either begin and end with the same uh, consonant because you might come to blur the two together. So we have al-levavecha, al-levavchem, vavadetem mehera. So one of the examples that's there is esev v'sadcha. So that implies that the, it, it, con- it concludes and begins with the same sound. We pronounce it, Ashkenazi pronounce it as Asev Pesadcha. Where's the confusion? But if you're a Sephardi, you would say Aseb. There's no, the, the, all bases are, are the same. So, or, so maybe the two could be confused if you adopt Havara Svardid as opposed to the Havara of the Ashkenazim. But there's really, it's not a great proof. Because the next two, two ones later is Hakanof Pesil. No one pronounces um, a soft pay. As a, as a as a hard pay, everyone distinguishes between uh, a kanaf and pesil. So yet the Gemara here was con- was concerned that there, you have to distinguish between the two, and they might become blurred together. So the Meiri already says now he was obviously an Ashkenazi, but the Meiri says uh, even though the two sounds are not the same, Asab Besadcha are not the same. Nonetheless, since they are similar, you might come to blend the words together, and therefore the Gemara was careful to distinguish between the two. So I don't think it's necessarily conclusive proof uh, to this. But it sounds like that there is a proper Havara. Maybe the Havara of the Sephardim is a little bit more correct because it distinguishes between consonants that we don't find uh, distinguishing between them in the Havara of the, of the, uh, of the Ashkenazim. Or Baruch HaLevi Epstein, the author of the Taratimimah, has in his biography, the Makor Baruch, so he's critical of the uh, Litvish pronunciation that the... Uh, that the, uh, the, um, that the uh, they say what the Chaylam is an A. It's a Tzere, so like Tera. So he said, if that's the case, so you say... Havul Hashem, Kaved, 
what is it? Have we say Havu Hashem Kavoid Kavoid Vaiz? They would say Havu Hashem Kavoid Vaiz. So you said, well, you gave Hashem a kidney and a goat. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, but you know, if you're gonna do that, so you're critical of all the chsidim who every you know who are not careful to distinguish between genders of who and he. So yeah, you know, okay. So it's it's, it's another criticism. Yeah. Yemenites say they do a, a, a very like, weak dollars. Uh. You can actually extend the dollars. So you can be malik Echot. We cannot. It's the one shot. The it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't go. You're extending the dollar. You're extending another like out. So the dollar was more accurate also. So, yeah, but it's only Yemenites, not Sfarim. Oh, okay, but they also distinguish the, 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 the tess and the tough. They distinguish between the tess and the tough. Yeah. No, tess and tough are also the same. Right, we even Sfarim don't distinguish between tough and tes. Yeah, they do. The current of the Sfaradi is far from being accurate. Yeah. They distinguish between more letters. The only, the only, the only advantage to it is that it distinguishes between more letters, and it sounds like they're, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's so so. Rutipesa Frank in the heart three. Halfway towards Yemenites. Himself, who is it? Shoy Berati was talking about Tunisia, and he did eye in like. Yeah. So, so the Rishi Pesach Frank in the in the Haaretz V argues. Adarabi says no. The Havar of the Ashkenazim is more correct because the Sfarim don't distinguish between different vowels properly. The Rabbeinu Bachi on Parshas Vayera makes a big deal about the difference, even though he was a Sfarim. Makes a big difference between the, the there's a big difference between the Kama uh, the and the Pasach. Havara Sfardit, they don't distinguish between the two. They're all ah. So, and he makes a big deal. He says that's the difference between a shame, uh, Adnus of the Rebunisham, which is with the Kamats, as opposed to Adonai with a Pasach, which is a shame Cho, which means my master. And he says there's a big difference between the two Alpisoid, because the Pasach is a dependent letter, which means it always has to have another word that follows it. So that's Adonai, is a Lashon Chol, because uh, every master in this world really relies on the authority of the Rebani Shalom, as opposed to Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Kamatz is a much stronger letter, all pauses in the Torah end with sometimes, you know, generally with the Kamatz, because it's not a dependent letter, Kaddish Baruch Hu is not dependent on anybody else. So he says, if a person pronounces the shame Adnus of the Rebani Shalom with a sound that sounds like the Pasach, he's being Mechayr from Megadeh, if he's weakening, he's diminishing the powers of the Rebani Shalom. But either way, there's clearly supposed to be a difference between the Pasach and the Kamatz, that's why there are different vowels. And the he doesn't distinguish between the two. The Maral, already back in the 1500s, also was a big advocate for the fact that the Havarash of the Ashkenazim is more accurate when it comes to the vowels, and he claims that, of course, this is uh, more accurate than the Havara uh, of the Sfardim. So, okay, so the Havara Sfardim seems to be a little bit more uh, satisfying when it comes to the letters. They distinguish more letters, and obviously if there's 22 letters, it's probably supposed to be 22 <laughs> sounds. Um, and when it comes to the Nekudos, it sounds like the Havara of the Ashkenazim perhaps uh, is a little bit uh, more accurate. So should a person, um, you know, combine these and come out with what is the, you know, the, uh, the, the best, the best of all worlds, should we start making, uh, you know, switching, or if a person feels more correct, should he, should he adopt that? However, so clearly, Rabbi Yaakov was chayshish for it. I don't think Rabbi Yaakov spoke that way. Rabbi Natsan Adler hired a tutor to, to help him. But should a person, I don't know, you know, which is, again, sounds like a person should adopt a, a different approach, but should a person adopt a different Havara, even if it is more correct? Again, we began with the premise, it sounds like there is a way, a proper way to pronounce Hebrew. Karvo, Adiktik, Beresia, says, only be the Yevin. And a person who can't put a distinction the Alf and the Ayin should not dive in for a number. There is a correct way. Which way is the correct way? Seems to be that there's different benefits to each one of the Havaras. Should one switch to a way that's more correct? 
So most Paiskim, classical Paiskim, Dayan Weissman, Menchas Yitzchak, the Chazanish, Shlomo Zalman, even Rav Kook has a famous tshuva. It's called in his tshuva, Arach Mishpat, which was a letter to Rabbi Zinu Ziyal, the first Sephardic chief rabbi, uh, advocating for the fact that one should not switch his avara. And Rav Shlomo Zalman says, it's a pella, he says, we can't even discuss it. He says publicly, but he's upset that how did the Havara of the Eretz Yisrael, the New Medina, become Havara Sfardi when most of the people were not uh, Sfardi, most of them came from German lands. Was it terms of Messiah? Yeah. Mean, even though the Messiah could have been not, but since there was a Messiah, you should keep it. No? You should keep the Messiah. So Rav Shlomo Zalman is quoted over here in the Halicha Shlomo, he says, Certainly this was advocated for by, uh, by the Maskilim and by those who, who were not necessarily religiously motivated were the ones who pushed for the Havaras believing that it was more correct, you know, academically. But if Shomazam says this is not done in consultation with the Gedoi we should go back to the Havar of the Ashkenazim. He says, but he says you can't even discuss this publicly because it's that, too politically sensitive. Is that truly the case? Did the old Yeshua use the... Like the, the old Rishalman? The new Rishalman. What do they say? Anyway, so one should not... Huh? That's what he's lamenting. What happened to their Masera? So they are arguing that one should, one should continue with his Masera. And their argument is based... The argument is based on the Mangan Avram. Mangan Avram writes over here, Simon Samachas, obviously there were different Nuschos at Figo, but he quotes over here from the Ari HaKadosh that a person should not switch from his Nuschat Figo. All are acceptable because there were 12 gates leading into the base HaMikdash, each one machuven to one of the different Shvatim, and each one had their own Nuschat Tvila, and they you know, would enter into the base HaMikdash because Shvat was open to all of them. This is, huh? Go back all the way to the Vilna Goyim because then they sent there to Shrol. Who was who? He had the tremendous influence. No, the Havaras Fardid was before, it was after the I don't know when it switched. You'd have to be an anthropologist to know when it switched in Eretz Yisrael. The Havara. Originally, historically, the Vilna Goyes said this. Two hundred years ago, I don't know how they pronounced Hebrew in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Cook argued not to switch. There it's for They asked him, "Yeah, but America's Arav, you did switch." So he said he couldn't. He, he it was too. The, the kids were becoming schizophrenic. He said the problem is they're speaking one way in the street, they're speaking one way in yeshiva. They're going to get confused. So that's why it's for Yehuda said. That's why he said he switched. But the father said not to switch. Yeah, not to switch. He, Uziel said yes to switch. Oh, so that's basically Magen Avram says a person's not. Magen Avram says a person's not supposed to switch his nusachat fila because each one is equally valid before the rebunish home, but each shevet has their own nusach. So you're not supposed to switch. He says if you use a nusach, it's not miyuchal to your shevet. So then, uh, so then it won't work for you. You have to use the nusach that's miyuchal to your shevet. You're not supposed to switch. Oh, oh. So they evoke this pshat over here by nusach of They evoke that tavara also. Maybe each community has their own havara, but you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't switch. The pella is the Ariya Kodesh is a big advocate over here. That's the one among the is quoting. You shouldn't switch your nusach of tefillah. The problem is that all the chesidim, uh, Ramosha, yeah. right? See the Gersmosha, he calls them out. He says, "Look, all you guys from Poland and Galicia, he said you were all davening nusach Ashkenaz." So he said, "How did this happen? All of a sudden, you took on uh, nusach Svard, which has additions. I don't think it's exactly nuschari, but has uh, you know it's a loosely based nuschari and in Yanei Kabbalah. How did you switch?" So they're talking about nusach. We'll get to that. That's clearly a distortion. But but no, it's a later develop. No one argues that that was authentic. No one says that uh, in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu they were saying oi. No one sings a. No one's saying you know. Rabbi Yaakov says they did. 
Yeah, there's a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Excellent. So the um, so they answer they answer Chesidus Shesvarim answer they quote in the name of the Mizritcha Magid Rav Natali Rav Shet same shot. Is that Ari Hakadosh felt that the Nusach Al Pikhabo was a thirteenth gate? The Mishnah says Moshev Tishkom there were not twelve gates in the base of English, there were thirteen. And since so many people lost their original shevet, of course they should daven based on that Nusach. The Nusach Ari was a Shar Hakoyo, was something that was a you know a safety basket for all uh, safety net for all the different shvatim, and therefore that was the Shar Hakoyo. And anyone who wants could switch to the Nusach Sfar. Moshe wasn't buying it. But that's uh, that's why the Chassidim switched to the to, to the Nusach Sfar. So that's why many are you should not supposed to switch your Nusach Hatfila. However, already in disagreement with the Magen Avram is the truth of the Marjdam, who argues no, there's no such thing as a minog when it comes to these types of uh, of issues. Minog is only when there's an Indian of halacha. There's something that's beneficial. of Let's say a person is careful uh, to keep Rabbeinu Tam. Uh, so there's it's a machlokes. When is the tzaisa kachovim? So you're going to be machmer like Rabbeinu Tam. That's a minog. Or you're careful not to do malach in erev Pesach. Because there are those who held Arab Pesach as Yantif, it's an Easter Malacha. So there were certain towns that had such a minute, you know how to do Malacha and Arab Pesach, Makam Shanogu, Hope Harakim Sechim, because it was a Yantif Arab Pesach. So there were those who held the Nagas to do Malacha. If you have such a minute, you have to maintain that minute. But when it comes to these issues of Nusachav Tfilah, there's no, it's not a matter of Isav Ahatis. The Majdam already disagreed with the Magad of Ram and held a person can switch uh, his Nusachav Tfilah. So certainly over here, when it comes to these issues of, uh, of, uh, of Havara, so that's where Ben Sion Uziel's argument, the Mishpatei Uziel, again, the first Sephardic chief rabbi, it's Simon Aleph and his Jewish, that you can, uh, you can switch your Havara. If the, the Majdam already said it by Nusach, and Nusach is a more weighty issue than Havara, it's a whole different Nusach of Tfilah, and nonetheless he said you could switch your Nusach of Tfilah because it's not a matter of Yisav even if we don't accept that when it comes to Nusach, most do not accept that, you have to maintain the Nusach of your parents, or you know, if your father switched to go back to the grandparents, whatever your original Nusach was, based on your Shevet, you're going to say Nusach Sfar, the Shara Kailo, but it's a much more weighty issue. When it comes to Havara, so, uh, so the uh, so the Mishpatei argues it's not a matter of halacha, and one could switch uh, one could switch back and forth. But most argue no, it should be the same as Nusach of Tvila, and one shouldn't switch. Every it's, country has different dialects of the same language. Uh, uh, we'll get to your point in one second. Excellent, excellent. Oh, that's what I'm, we're going to get there. So, but anyway, so since you're not supposed to switch Nusach of many are you're not supposed to switch your Avara either. Chazanish Shoshama Zalman. And that Dayan Weiss and Minchas Yitzchak are very adamant about this. That in Eretz Yisrael, even though they speak one way in the street, when it comes to Nusach of Tfilah, they should maintain. When it comes to the Havara that they use during Tfilah, should maintain the Havara that they uh, receive from their they, parents. They said Ashkenazi. They didn't want to say. Huh? They don't not Havara as far as like they speak in the street. They should yeah. go back to the what it was the normal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. The way they get the minigav, minigav Same. That, that's the way they should speak. That's where your Nusach of Tfilah, that should be the way your Havara as well. You might want to speak one way when you're ordering supper, but when you're davening to the Rebbe it should be that Havara, because that's, uh, that's, that, that's what we believe to be more correct. Um, however, it seems to be, even though there is a correct way of davening, and there is one way correct way, there are those who argue that perhaps there were advantages uh, to one way or the other. Um, however, uh, there seems to be somewhat, perhaps one could argue, that in our times there really isn't any longer one correct way, one incorrect way, because each community might have its own correct way. Meaning when the Gemara talked about uh, that there's one correct way 
uh, and if you're not medaktek b'isi yisel, you're yaitz with the evan al and you shouldn't be appointed to be a shliach tzibur. When the Gemara said that, was that only talking about where the tzibur knew how to pronounce it one way, and the baltfil got up and pronounced it a different way, or the entire tzibur was pronouncing it improperly? So look over here. The Shulchan brings this halacha about pronouncing things properly, distinguishing the alf and the ayin, and uh, both in hilchas nesias kapayim as well as hilchas tefila. So Shulchan says you have to make sure to distinguish the alpha and the ayin, but the Taz there writes in Hilchus Nisias uh, Kapayim that's only if the city, everyone else is pronouncing it properly. But if no one is pronouncing it properly, no one is distinguishing between alpha and ayin, so then you can't allow such a person to be noisy as you can't allow him uh, to daven. The same point is made by the Mishnah Brua in the name of the Magen Avram, quoting from a Tshuva of the Radvaz in Hilchus Tfila. He says, Eimimana Mishakarla alpha and ayin, ayin and alpha. But the Mishnah Brua says, Imkula medabram kach. If everyone speaks that way, you can be a shliach tzibar. And the Radvaz, based on the Shuvah the Radvaz, the Radvaz says, what did they do in, in, in Beishan? What did they do in Haifa? No one davened? He said, they, they didn't distinguish in Alpha 9, so you shouldn't appoint them as a Baltfilah. So what did they do in their towns? They didn't daven for the Omid? Of course they daven for the Omid. So the Radvaz says, when everyone in your town pronounces it that way, now all of a sudden it's permitted. It's not considered to be a distortion. That, and all of a sudden, you can be appointed to, uh, to be uh, a shliach tzibur. So one could have understood this in one of two ways. You could understand this because, um, see, the problem with this, not assuming an alpha and an ayin, or hey and a ches, in our communities it is, because to us it sounds wrong. Right? I don't even know what you mean. When you say, uh, you know, we pronounce it one way, and we typically pronounce it, we traditionally pronounce it a different way, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. So that's why uh, you're not supposed to daven for an Amud, uh, in a town where that's not the tradition, that's not the Messiah, that's not the way they speak it in that town. But uh, if everyone's speaking it in a distorted fashion, okay, so now we all know what you mean, even though it's a distortion, but we all know what you mean, so it's acceptable. One could have interpreted it uh, in that fashion, and uh, if that would be the case, then it would be in line with the comment of the Sefer Chesidim has, Sefer Chassidim has a comment over here that even though a person is supposed to pronounce his tefillah properly, if he doesn't pronounce it properly, let's say he has a speech impediment, or he has some uh, you know, difficulty speaking, so the Sefer Chassidim says, don't never think for a moment that running from doesn't know what we're saying. He says, of course, and even if a person says, he's talking of the quotes over here from Yushalmi, that a person, instead of saying, instead of saying, that means Kaddish Baruch should destroy you. So he says that they removed him from the Yomud for doing that. And he says that that was wrong because HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously knows what we mean. So I mean, even if a person speaks improperly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what we mean and therefore it's accepted. So if, let's say in a community we all speak improperly so that we all know what we mean so it's, uh, you know, it can be accepted. It's not that anything has changed. There still is one correct way and this is incorrect. But, uh, but uh, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what we mean or since everyone in the community knows what we mean by it, so then, for some reason, um, it, became, uh, it became acceptable. So there's a similar implication from the Rambam. The Rambam says over here, Perek Ches, Ches, says, of course, you're supposed to appoint the person who davens for the Yomad properly, distinguishing the Alpha and the Ayin. But then he says something unusual. He says, Vaharav, on the second line, Harav, Mimana, Echami, Talmidav, A Rebbe can appoint his Talmud to Davin. What? He's supposed to pronounce things properly. And then he says, but a Rebbe can appoint his Talmud to Davin. What does that have to do with anything? So the Arsameh says what he means is that you can appoint someone to daven even though he davens improperly because the Rebbe knows what he means. He's with him all the time. So even though a person, let's say, has a speech impediment, he's not supposed to daven for the Yomud. That's He can daven because Baruch knows what he means and he listens to his feelings all the same. But the, uh, the, the Mishaburah wrote back in Oisid Gimel, since we don't all speak with that kind of speech impediment, not everyone is a kvad peh, he shouldn't really daven for the Yomud. 
But if the Rebbe understands him, or everyone in the Shir understands what he's saying, even though he speaks to everyone in the Shul knows, we all speak to him, and we know what he means, so we can appoint him to down for the Yomad, even though he speaks with a speech impediment. It's acceptable, because we all know what he means. And the Rebbe has a proof to this. Because the Gemara says, if you remember from the Gemara Megillah, Rebbe Chia didn't distinguish between Hayes and Cheses. That was a problem Chia had. And Anche and Beishan and Chai, they didn't distinguish between Aleph and Ayin, Rebbe Chia didn't distinguish between a Hay and a Ches. So, but the Gemara says, that is there anyone who knows how to daven like the Avis? The Gemara says, if all of the Avis would get together, all three would daven together, we would be able to bring uh, the Geula. So the Gemara says, is there anyone who had that kind of Kayach HaTfilah? And the Gemara says, yes, Rabbi Chia. And once, there were Gezer Tainus for rain, Achsinu Rabbi Chia Ubanav, and they brought Rabbi Chia and his children to daven for the Amud. So Taisus there is, how could he bring Rabbi Chia down for the Amud? Rabbi Chia didn't distinguish in Hay and Ches. He didn't know how to daven properly. So Rambam says, if we all know, that's where the Rambam felt, so you see a proof, if we all know what you mean, we all were used to Rabbi Chia. So since they were all used to, even though he had a speech impediment, they were all used to it, they knew what he meant. Okay, so then it's acceptable. So one could have understood this halacha that's brought by the Mishabur in the name of the Radvaz, that if the whole town speaks improperly, it's acceptable because we all know what you mean. However, Ramayisha takes it in an entirely different uh, way, and I think is much more compelling. Ramayisha understood that there really is no correct, uh, but then Ramayisha hedges, but there really is no correct or incorrect uh, pronunciation, they're all acceptable. Every pronunciation is acceptable as long as that is the way the entire community speaks. If you're, all your group speaks a certain way, so then that all of a sudden became uh, the accepted manner in which it's pronounced. I would have taken a little bit, we'll see it backs out in, in, you know, somewhat, but I would have uh, you know, put this in a larger context, just even look at language in general. There is no such thing as a correct pronunciation of, of English. I mean, the, the, uh, the linguist will tell you that there is, but we see even within America, there's difference in dialects between the South and the North. I think the, the, the Smithsonian has recordings of people from different states and the way they pronounce different things at different kufas, because it inevitably changes over time. The way they spoke uh, 100 years ago in New York is not the same way that we speak. There's difference in, uh, in dialects. And throughout Eretz Yisrael, there's difference in dialects also in the way Lashon HaKadosh is pronounced. So it's not surprising that there are differences in dialects, and there is no way to ascertain there's anyone speaking the same way that Moshe Rabbeinu did, and anyone who thinks so is probably uh, inaccurate. There's no pronunciation is more correct or less correct than the other one, uh, because these things evolve over time. There's no way for anything to remain static when it comes to the area of language. So Moshe argues each Havar is correct within that community, if that's the way, what, the, what this halacha means is if the entire community speaks a certain way, that means it's a legitimate evolution of the language. It wasn't a deliberate change because of a political agenda or some distortion uh, deliberately in order just to be different. It was a legitimate evolution of language, and languages are constantly evolving, so therefore there really isn't one correct pronunciation. There is a correct pronunciation in your shul. Meaning within our shul, there's a way that Nusach Ashkenaz pronounces it, there's a way that Nusach Sfar pronounces it, and there's a way that Havara Sfardi pronounces it, and language is all convention, so you have to conform to the convention. But it doesn't mean that one convention is more correct than any other convention. They're all legitimate uh, 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 permutations of Lashon HaKadosh and all of the status of Lashon HaKadosh. No. Right, so that's why Ramesha doesn't, he says all of them are correct. He doesn't take it as far as I would have taken it. Ramesha says, yeah, but really one's right. Come on, he says, yeah, but come on, one's right. So he says, that's why every community has to stick with their community, because really, really one's right. One is like Ramesha Rabbeinu. I would have taken it one step further. I would have said, Ramesha says, they're all Lashon HaKadosh. 
They're all Lashon HaKadosh. Meaning, if every community, within each community, it's all Lashon HaKadosh. I would have said, they're all Lashon HaKadosh, but there, and therefore, there isn't one that's more correct. And Rav Asher, I saw this, Rav Asher, I said it earlier, but Rav Asher says it over here, in Parashat Vayetz, Tavshanah and Vav, I said 15 years ago, but Rav Asher says over here, if you're going to say this already, it's a Kasha Ramayisha. Once each one is Lashon HaKadosh, why do you say that there's one that's Mikori, there's one that's original, there's one that's more correct? There isn't one that's more correct. There's not one that's Amitis, and the other ones are not. says They're all obviously correct, and I would have interpreted in the larger context of the fact that uh, language never stays the same, which is compelling, because the Chazanish, for example, makes the point, surprisingly, if you know the Chazanish Shashit is about Shiurim, Kodesh gave us Shiurim of Beitzah and Kezayis and Etzba. Why are these the way the Shiurim are measured? Why is it with a, an egg and a Kezayis and an Etzba? Uh, because these are things that were always available in every community, and the Torah was given to us in addressing every society in the way that things would evolve. So the Chazinish says, as the fruits evolve, the Shiurim should change too. The only reason Chazinish is mocking about Shiurim, he's not sure if the Shiur is supposed to be measured based on fingers, based on olives, or based on eggs. So he's Chayesh sometimes for all of the three, uh, you know, for the, all the, the, the three Shiurim, either based on fingers, based on eggs, or based on olives. But fundamentally, he believes it changes with time. And therefore, it's compelling to argue that presumably language uh, changes with time as well. So if one deliberately changes it because of political agenda, that's not a natural evolution of the language. Unless you're saying political agendas are part of the Jewish fabric of our community. Yeah. 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 In Eretz so where they all speak of it, that should be the way they're That's what I'm saying. That's the language now. For them. Everyone speaks of it. It's a spoken language. It's a spoken language. So it's a legitimate. No one's saying it's illegitimate. Havara. Oh, so I think. Oh, shh. Last point. So Ravasha makes the point, and I think this is important as well. Ravasha says, since all the Havaras are correct, so then why? Shouldn't we just be a humble Mishka Babel? So he says, no. Here we resort back to the general principle of is that if a person will relinquish his Menhage of us in this area, he's not going to become more religious as a result of that. If he'll be, end up relinquishing all of the Menhagim of his family. So Vasha feels, even though all are valid, I think in, within each community we should, again, all of language is convention. I don't think the southern way of pronouncing English is less correct, even though there are those who make fun of it, is less correct in the northeastern way. In the northeast, you should speak like a northeasterner, and in the southern, you should speak like a southerner. So that's why if Shomaz Alman, if he was being Masada Kiddush and had had a Sephardi wedding, he would speak like the Havara Sephardi. You have to really? do like them. Yeah. And if he was davening in an Amud, all many, many say you're davening in Sephardi Shemini, you should pronounce it Havara Sephardi. We would like them to have the same courtesy to us when they daven in Amud. You But that's, but that's, that's, Rav Shomaz Alman, he says. You could not let a guy go to the Amud because of that? Oh, so in Ashu, I think we should have, we should, have, we ideally should have a person who speaks our Havara. If not, I, I think that they're all valid. Uh, when, uh, but but ideally, we should have a person who speaks them up. I'm giving you the job then. No, unless you say, unless you say the other point, one second, unless you say the other point, our community is a mixed community. And there is a range in our base medrash of what's acceptable. Kulam ahuvim, kulam burum within our base medrash. So maybe within our base medrash, we already have become, it's become our minute to accept. They change agenda. No one claims that the, uh, who's, yeah, who's no serious. No, but I think it's a natural evolution of the language. I would argue it's a natural ev- evolution of the language, and therefore it's acceptable. So I think uh, in our base matters, to read the Kishtibo over here on the Upper West Side, we have, we have everything going over here. No, but in general, there's a whole world that's We haven't had a Taimani yet, so we maybe need a Taimani, but we'll leave that to do. Huh? See, there's a all over the place. Yeah.
there's like and in our soul also. Yeah. So where did this come from? Where did this it just evolved from the from the Bolshevik? is very angry about it. Where did it come from? I mean I understand that. where did it come from? No, that I, can't tell you. I think it was influenced by Yiddish, because Yiddish always had the eye. And then that seeped into the Hebrew. So you mean just if like I had to suggest similar, it's a similar territory role where they have our Rasfardi, it, 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 it like, could yeah, be. But I don't know where the Havuda came. I don't know also, where that all when, 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 when he talks to me in learning, uh-huh. any word in Lush and Kaidish, he goes back in the middle of learning. You'll slip you will not say the word in Ivrit. You say it in in Litvish. In Litvish, right. You 